Hello, welcome to our podcast, Cocktails and Bullshit. My name is Lou Rivera. Alongside of me is a very good friend of mine, Mr. Scott Heim. Together, we're going to discuss and talk about anything and everything on this podcast. Along the way, we're going to have a cocktail and try to have a few laughs. So sit back, relax, and join in on the conversation. Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today is September 26, 2022. The leaves are falling. It's starting to feel like fall. Let's get right into this podcast. Scott, how you doing, my man? Lou, I'm doing great today. As you know, recovering a little bit. Had a uh, had my, my first trip back to the hospital since I was born. Never been in a hospital for surgery in my life. And uh, I was in it yesterday having a little umbilical hernia surgery, man. So so I'm in recovery mode a little bit here today. I, you might might catch a few sillies. Might be a little bit of that Oxycontin still coming through the, the bloodstream a little bit. Hopefully it will be uh, somewhat normal today. Not not quite too slow. And uh, we're recovering. A few extra holes and now I have a belly button, I guess. That's what we got going on over here. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good, buddy. Me and Gina, we were uh, thinking about you. And I was getting ready to text you. But then I received a text from you saying that you were already out of the operating room. Damn, that was fast. How are you feeling? Yeah, doing great, man. It, it's actually a hereditary thing in my family. We we all have umbilical hernias, all, all the boys in our family. It's kind of crazy. If, you know, my 90-year-old my father never got his fixed, man. It looks like an alien's about to come out of him. So I decided I did not want that to be me when I was 90. So uh, so we went, we went in and got it done. It's all robotic now. And like I said, I got like three holes where they stick the robot. In my mind, it's the robot's arms. I don't really know what it looks like. But uh, yeah, man, they had some good doctors over at the old University of Toledo, Toledo Medical Center, and uh, they got me in and out. Dr. Tang, he lit it up. He was a man of few words, but uh, seemed to have some pretty good skills, and we're recovering. We're, we're a little stiff, you know, a lot of muscle they cut into, but other than that, man, we're grinding right through it. You know me, back, back at the desk, pretending like nothing's wrong with me, like I've been raised to just keep, keep the grindstone going. My wife's not happy with me, let me say that. That's awesome. I had that done years back. I had a dual um, surgery on two hernias that I had, and I let that ride for a while, and it started becoming very painful, so I was glad to uh, take care of that. But I got to tell you, that shit put me out for about a month. I could not get out of bed. I thought I was going to get out of bed just the next day and maybe uh, take a couple days off and go straight to work. And that wasn't happening. So in, in your case, the hernia was the same thing, right? They kind of just put a mesh around it. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, you know, my belly button looked like an Audi, you know, like it, it just, I mean, it wasn't this giant thing. It just looked like an Audi belly button, but there was a little tear there. So they, I guess they go in with, with, you know, like they say, the robot and they're able to pop that mesh in there and kind of seal it all off and uh, make, make everything flat again. Like, like I said, when I looked at it for the first time today, I, I haven't seen a belly button in my belly for a lot of years, brother. So it was it was pretty funny. But I called my wife in. I'm like, I got a belly button now. I mean, it was kind of hysterical. So, uh, yeah, man, they, they did a good job. Like I said, it, it's not real painful. I took my last oxy. I only took two when I came out of surgery and then one last night. And because uh, I just don't like that feeling of just my head being a hot mess. So uh, I'm on the, the super Advil and the super Tylenol. And uh it, it really only hurts when I get up and get down and it, it really doesn't hurt. It just, you don't know if it, you, you feel like you're going to bust through something. So you're just sensitive to it, you know? So I think, 
I think by the time I get up out of bed tomorrow, get another good night of sleep, I think I'll be back in the game. Just got to be care- be delicate for a little while. Yeah, I remember that being really painful. Did they uh, put you out or were you awake? Yeah, no, they knocked me down, man. They, uh, the guy was at the anesthesiologist came in and, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever really been under anesthesia. I, I've been under the poly, what's the Michael Jackson drug, the polypropanol when they, uh, for like colonoscopies and stuff like that, but never anesthesia. And uh, the guy said, oh, no, it's different. I remember they wheeled me into the room. I could see, like, the white lights up above me in the in the operating room. And the guy's like, yeah, you should start feeling this. But I'm like, oh, man, that feels great. Okay, do a great job. And I was out, man. I I remember, like, the the, the lights, you know, everything coming to, to, uh, to a halt. And then uh, and then I, I woke up in the recovery room, and, and I think I must have been snoozing too long because the lady was, like, moving me along. Mr. Heim, Mr. Heim, you know, like, Get getting my ass up, man. I was I would have spent the day there probably sleeping. It was pretty great. Yeah, I remember that. It's it's so weird how that works, right? They told me to count back to twenty, uh, and and I just felt fell right asleep. And when I woke up, it was done. So that was the good part of it. You don't really feel anything, and you don't really see anything until it's all over. What did you want to talk about today? I, I know we've got a lot on the board here. Uh, what do you want to shoot it off with? Yeah, man, I got to start off with the crazy that I've heard for the week. So so I listen to a lot of podcasts, like I'm sure all our listeners do. And uh, there's one I listen to called Conspiracies of the Third Kind. These guys are great. They they bunker bust some conspiracies, and I find it always to be entertaining. If I'm sitting on a plane, just need some some mind candy to listen to. And, and their episode last week was about the Simpsons predictions, the TV, the cartoon TV show, The Simpsons which I've never, I mean, I've seen it before, like, like I think all of us have, but I've never been an avid watcher of it. But I didn't realize that there's this thing called the Simpsons predictions and that it's an actual thing. Like I reached out to my son. He's like, oh yeah, dad, they predicted so many things on there. And, and they're literally going to do a part two. And they, they only did some of them on part one. But some of the stuff that the Simpsons has predicted, they predicted the winners of three Super Bowls in a row. It goes back to, I want to say, like, 1998. They called the first one. And, and like, well in advance, like, like you know, like in November of that year, they called the Super Bowl. And then somebody challenged them to do it the next year. They called it again the next year. And then somebody said, go for the three-peat. And they called it the third year in a row. I mean, like, what's the chances of that? And, and you know, you got me watching that Untold, which I want to talk a little bit later, too. But – but in the, that untold on that flagrant foul episode where where, you know, they, they were gambling on those games because they had a little bit of inside information that you would never. Th- I don't want to spoil that show for people, but but there's inside information in a way that you wouldn't traditionally think of. And, and so the conspiracy theory in The Simpsons deal is, OK, who's got the inside track? You know, who who is it that's getting some information that's enabling to do some of these predictions? And, and I wrote down a couple of the other ones and this this podcasts i listened to they bunker busted a few for it's i mean even if you go google it you know they all say that they called trump coming down the golden escalator when he when he announced that he was running for president but they actually bunker busted that one because that that had happened sooner like they were talking about it sooner and that was kind of out there that if he ever did run this is how he would do it and and so they called that one when everybody kind of knew that it just people didn't catch that um but but like 15 years before we had FaceTime, they, there's an episode where they're using their phone and they're doing a video chat on their phone. 
And I mean, that's 15 years before FaceTime. Like, like who were they talking to that was like, you know, were, were they talking to, uh, to you know, the, 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 uh, Steve Jobs? And we're, when he was like, yeah, you know, in about one of these days, you're going to be able to have a, you know, face to face on that phone. You know, like who knows who that they were having that conversation that they built into their episode 15 times before 15 years before FaceTime was invented. And then the last one, uh, and there were several, several more, but not to go on and on and on. But uh, they had a whole episode about Siegfried and Roy, you know, the magicians out in Vegas. And, and they had this whole story it, 10 years before it happened about one of the tigers attacking them. And sure as shit, that happened. So it's crazy. And I know like, okay, coincidence. So you do that long enough, that's going to happen. But it, I mean, there are literally like 25 different things that have happened over the years that have been tied to these Simp you know, Simpsons predictions. So if you're looking for something interesting to Google, an interesting podcast to go listen to, Conspiracies of the Third Kind, it is an hour well spent listening to these guys drill through these, man. I kind of remember that uh, with The Simpsons. It's just a little foggy in my mind, but now that you brought it up, uh, I do remember that. If you're a gambler, I guess you got to watch The Simpsons, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, how do you get the Super Bowl three years in a row? Holy shit, right? <laughs> True that, man. You know, me and Gino, we went to uh, Vicksburg, Mississippi, and we stopped at the casinos over there. They got quite a few all along the rivers. Very, very cool. But they were all set up for sports betting, and there was, there's always a line uh, to place your bets. But I see all these guys with these spreadsheets, and um, they're doing all these different combinations. And, man, I tell you, that just seems like it's Chinese to me. I just don't understand it. I can't make any sense of it. Nor do I want to, knowing me, because I would really get into trouble. But these guys, some of these guys, they look like they don't even have a, a high school education. But goddamn, they know how to read a spreadsheet, man. Yeah, you know, that's funny you say that, like, because I, because cards are like that to me. I'm a horrible gambler because I'm not fast enough to do the cards. I can't do the math in my head. So you will always find me at the sports bet because I love the ponies. And I, I love... You know, let me have my $2 bets and I'll bet on the show. And then all of a sudden I'll zero, I'll feel good. I'll bet an exacta or bet a trifecta. And like, it took me a little while to learn how to do all those and make that happen. And it's not that hard once you know it, like any of the rest of gambling, but until you know it, it like you said, it's Greek. I mean, you just can't figure it out, but that stuff's fun, man. You will always find me in the, and, and if you're in Vegas in the sports book, I mean, there, you know, there, you know, like, late afternoon it's not that busy back there and they got simulcasts from all over the place so it's always easy to get a free beer back there because there's not that many people looking for that free cocktail you're just sitting there gambling she brings you a beer and, and you know you're playing the ponies and you know you got a little pile of cash going a little pile of crumbled up receipts going and you know? oh that's a great time yeah, I love the way they have all the games up all in one place. I mean, you could do that at a bar, but uh, it's still not the same experience. They're all spread out. Here, when you go, it's like they're all together so you can watch every team play. Yeah, so getting back to The Simpsons real quick, you know, it's almost like Star Trek. Uh, that show had a lot of uh, devices that they used to uh, use on that show that actually came into fruition, like uh, the communicators and the, the uh, tablet computer uh, I mean, all those things we're using nowadays. Yeah, totally. The the tricorder or whatever that deal was, you know, they they run it over your arm. They can figure out if your your bone was broken. I mean, that's not way off from the shit they use today. You know, I mean, it's 
you know, it's just like all those conspiracy, like, you know, Motorola, they got some technology, you know, aliens came in, whatever. I mean, it's crazy shit in the world, dude. But I'm telling you, if you're just sitting around, go Google Simpsons predictions and you will see some of the craziest, some 9-11 shit that they predicted. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Never heard of where has this been all my life that I've never heard any of this until to find people at conspiracies of the third kind rocked it for me. Yeah, I find those things interesting as well. Man, I cannot believe that uh, you just got through surgery and you went almost right to work. You're a beast. <laughs> I'm a knucklehead that way. I mean, like we always say each week, man, you balance me out a little bit, which is why I'm glad we're taking some time today. And my wife is furious about it. I mean, I for me, I mean, it's not like I feel the pressure of getting back to work and nobody expects me to be back to work. It's almost like the distraction and the rhythm and the pace is like my, it's like what I know, you know? So it, it, like I woke up at three o'clock in the morning last night with every single thing I needed to do today running through my head. Cause I was afraid I wasn't going to feel good enough to do it. And I was going to forget it all. I mean, that's a little bit crazy, but that's yeah. kind of how my goofy brain works, you know? So well, you're but, so used to it. So day in and day out, uh, it's the norm for you until something like this happens. And in this case, uh, you didn't really have to be bedridden or anything. So that's a good thing. But if something happens where you break a leg or something like that, then you're going to really have to learn how to chill. Yeah. And I, man, I'm trying to chill in my everyday as I get a little older, man. I, you know, I, Trev taught me, I, I, you know, Michelle would tell you that, that I love to work and, and, you know, I, I, I work to live or I live to work and, and Travis taught me, you know, work, work to live, don't live to work, you know, and, I haven't gotten that right for two thirds of my life. Hopefully here on the backside, we'll, we'll get it a little bit more right. But, you know, I have had a little extra time to watch some TV over the last couple of days with the, uh, with kind of, you know, coming out of surgery and whatnot. And man, I got to tell you, bouncing to the next topic, you got me addicted with the, with the untold series on Netflix. You were talking a couple of podcasts ago about the Manti tale and about the, the episode called Flagrant Foul, about the, the NBA referee. And, man, I watched them both. They're both fantastic. And I'll tell you what, I've watched a couple more of them, and I can't stop watching them, man. There's one called America's Cup. Did you by chance see it? Mm-mm. No, yeah, I have not. So it's about – and I don't know anything about it other than this episode I watched, but – and I've seen it before. The America's Cup is the big sailing regatta cup, you know, like the the big, they call them the 12-meter boats with the big sails that go up out the front. Like you've seen those before, like once a year when they have those big races and like Australia or out off Newport. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I saw the uh, screenshot on Netflix, but I have not seen it yet. It, Dude, it's amazing. And, and I'm probably going to spoil a little bit of it here, but it's such a good show, even spoiling a little bit. We, you, you got to go watch it to get it. But but the short version is that, I don't know, for like 135 years or some crazy long amount of time, the, the New York Yacht Club or New York Racing Club or whatever, they're, they're like the sponsoring body of America's Cup. And, and America had never lost. Like there was a big cup and it was under glass, like three feet tall, and it was under glass. And it had never been touched by anybody since it was put under glass because it had never been handed over to anybody like literally you know america had won this thing forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and and one year this this guy got made captain for australia and he started assembling this team and he started you know 
he started fixing the headset of the team. He started doing like, like meditation and exercise and fitness and, you know, and teamwork. And he just started pulling his team together. But the crazy part of the story, and I won't completely ruin this, but, but there's a guy who was there. To, so the rule is that, that whoever designs your boat has to be from the, the country that's registered. And they, they found this guy in Australia that was a bit of a designer and he designed this boat that, that literally had a, had a component that had never been done before. Like nobody had ever thought about it. He like, he researched it and he tested it and he found that he was, he was improving times. And like, and, and when they launched this thing, like it was a big, like they literally hid this part of the boat so nobody could see it. And, and it, it performed in a way, like I said, I don't want to ruin the show, but it's a fantastic watch. And, and the amazing part is this designer had, had a, a, a high school education. You know, he, he finished and I think they said, you know, they referred to it as, you know, with an eight to 12 year education. So like their version of high school, I don't know if they call it high school or grade school or whatever it is, but, but basically never went post high school for his education, but, but he was a bit of a savant and he could kind of just see these things in his mind and created this design. And, uh, and from there, man, I'll let you go watch it. Cause I don't want to completely ruin it, but Michelle and I just kept looking at each other like, Holy shit! Do you believe this? It's it's an amazing watch, and and then we kept saying like all of those shows. How in the hell did did you know about? This? Have you ever heard of it? Like how did we get through life and never heard about this? You know, and when you when you watch the show, you'll get it. It's crazy. There's so many inspiring stories out there, and especially that guy. You said he didn't finish high school, right? Yeah, high high school was his last year of schooling, so he doesn't have any oh, okay any formal post high school amazing skill set like it was just his natural god-given ability to kind of see these designs that enabled him to create this boat that is a super crazy when you really think about it here's a guy that didn't go to college but was able to create something and be successful at it i see a lot of people do that right they either drop out of college or maybe they don't even have a high school uh, education and still were able to succeed in life and go on to become millionaires and billionaires but let's get on another subject here. Let's talk football. Did you catch that college game with the uh, Appalachian State Mountaineers versus uh, the Trojans? They only had a few seconds left, and the uh, quarterback threw a Hail Mary all the way down close to the end zone. And one of the players tipped it, but the other player was able to recover it and brought it all the way in for a touchdown. You got a receiver not, not sure where he needs to be lined up. Robinson in motion slot. Here's Bryce. Rolling out. Time to heave it deep. Throws it shy of the goal line, and that ball is tipped around. Caught. Wow! Caught. Oh, that's a touchdown! Wow! Mountaineers win it! Mountaineers wow. win it! Wow! Deflection! Dude, Are you that was kidding amazing. me? Wow. I mean, the crowd went crazy. Everybody jumped onto the field. And this is what I love about football. You never know what's going to happen. All the way to the bitter end. Oh, man, I'll look that clip up. I missed it. I'm... I'm so caught up in my own world. So for me this week, you know, the Irish, they, uh, again, another game against California, they should have blown out and uh, it comes down to the wire and they, uh, they, they score a touchdown, but it gets, it gets called back for a hold or for something. And then, and then they, um, I don't remember what it was, something else. They, they, they get the ball back and all they need is a first down and the game's over, but they couldn't get it. So they punt it. So then the, the the California gets the ball back with two seconds, throws a Hail Mary, 
and I'll be damned if it doesn't get batted around a few times, lands on the guy's chest, the California player's <laughs> chest, and thank God it bounced in the air and somebody batted it down the ground. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. So Notre Dame got their first win. But the shit of it is all is Bowling Green State University, where I went to college, played Marshall this week, and freaking Bowling Green upset Marshall and beat Marshall. So all my friends got to beat the life out of me that, you know, well, wait a minute, Marshall beat Notre Dame and Bowling Green beat Marshall. So I guess that makes Bowling Green better than Notre Dame. So, And then my Bengals lost again this week. So I, I'm that's the only football I caught this week, man. So I'll look that SC, uh, Appalachian State game up, man. That's crazy. God, that's why we... That's why we show up every weekend, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good games going on, especially in the NFL. There's two teams that I'm looking at right now. Uh, I like Miami and I like Buffalo. These two teams are well-matched together, and they've got two great quarterbacks. Uh, Miami is just winning right now, and, uh, you know, the team almost let go of Tua because he had some injuries, and look what he has become. He's become a great quarterback, and the Bills got Josh Allen, which is another great quarterback, so it's going to be really interesting, but I'm glad uh, Notre Dame won another one for you. Yeah, you know, Marcus Freeman's such a great guy, young coach, and you just, I mean, you had to see him on the end, on the sideline when, when they had it won and then it got called back and then they had it won again and then they had to give it up again. And I mean, he literally was looking like a guy like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, I mean, this is great. Like, and even when they interviewed him after the game, he was like, I I'm just glad it's over and we got our first win. You know, I mean, so, but it's fun. It's, it's why we watch the game. I love it. Yeah, I don't have any uh, set team that I'm really uh, rooting for. I just like watching the NFL at this point. And um, still, man, it's nerve-wracking when you start seeing these teams coming down to the wire and, you know, they're battling each other and they're going back and forth. And it, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow, did you miss that ball? Or then there's the opposite, right? Oh, shit, did you see that play? I cannot yeah. believe it, man. They scored. So it's pretty awesome, exciting times. You know, I – uh, uh had this topic over here that I had written down. Uh, unless you want to jump into something, you have something you want to talk about? No, no, man, let it rip, brother. You know me, I start, I start taking all the talk time, and you know the oxycotton start get get rolling today. You know I'm gonna get silly over here, so you take the mic for a while. I love it. Hey, we're about uh, 24 minutes in, and so we're getting close to the uh, cocktail half hour. But what is your take on Amazon? It's become such a ginormous company since it first started. As a consumer, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? When you buy something, when you receive something, and now you see all their prime trucks out there. I mean, it's insane. It, it's crazy, brother. It is. I mean, I, you know, we live in a small market in Toledo. And now I, I just happened where my chair is, is the flight path for the Toledo airport. And there's, there's nothing at the Toledo airport. I, I think Allegiant Air twice a week is the only thing that flies in and out of the Toledo airport. But now the Amazon, there's an Amazon warehouse here now that they just opened this past year. And I watch these Amazon planes come in and out all day long. And, and when I can be in a market as small as Toledo and order something and get it tomorrow, like it's the craziest thing ever. And I mean, and it's it's the cheapest price anywhere other than if you go to Walmart. And and I'm convinced I think Walmart, you'll you'll pay a little less at Walmart, but it'll be it won't be the same apples to apples item. It'll be it'll be, you know, it'll have something a little different on it. I, I just I, not that I'm down on Walmart, but I just feel like they get it cheaper there because they, they cheapen it up a tiny bit sometimes with a lot of things. 
Um, I feel like Amazon is the same shit you're buying. If you buy it anyplace else, it's the best price going and you literally will get it the next day. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember when I first started seeing them on the road, uh, it was just kind of weird because they all just came out at once. You had all these prime trucks out there and they've taken a lot of business away from uh, UPS as well as FedEx. But, you know, at times I would wake up at night and I just think about things and I just think to myself, man, I wonder if somebody invented this or do they have something like this out there? And I'll just uh, look it up on Amazon. And sure enough, you'll get like maybe 10 or 20 choices that you can choose from. And I think that's what makes a difference, right? When you go into Walmart or you go into Target or any of those places, you only get uh, one or two options. But if you get on Amazon, you've got so many other options. And they just got great stuff and their prices are great. It's crazy. There, there's also, you know, they, they kind of, I mean, lots of people did it before them, but they were the ones that really made, you know, the reviews a thing. And there's a book that I have that I was was suggested to me once, and it's a when I was kind of working on an e-commerce initiative called The Wisdom of Crowds, and it's a thing. I mean, it is the wisdom of crowds is really a thing. When you know, I'm sure you've done it. You you read, you know, you you get four reviews deep, and they're all positive, and they say the things in, in, that are in your head that you're looking for. You're like, well, good to go. You get four in and the things in your head aren't so great in those reviews, you're on to the next thing. You know, I mean, like like the review system, the peer review system and the wisdom of the crowd, you know, provides a reliability that had not really been invented and exploited before Amazon. I mean, it, you know, reviews existed, but not in an everyday. We, you know, if you depending on your price point, you always check the reviews. And then you say, like I'll say to Michelle, oh, the reviews are good on that. <laughs> and then you buy it, you know. I feel exactly. like that's a, that's a thing. You know, it's, it's crazy. Here, here's yeah. what it, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely look at the reviews before I buy something. And it's just like the hotels as well, right? If you're going to go to a hotel, you like to uh, see the reviews, see if the hotel's any good or not. I buy uh, stuff off of eBay as well. And um, I think they were right behind Amazon. They're not as good as Amazon, but you get a lot of good stuff off of there too. And you can also see somebody's uh, feedback, whether it's positive or negative. So that's also a good thing. And I purchased my phone from eBay that I had talked about last week. And it's a refurbished phone, and it came in in mint condition. I am so happy. I'm doing filming on it right now, and I'm not having any issues. But Amazon is a really, really good company. I like their prices. I love their customer service. What would we do without them? It's gotten so bad that it feels like Christmas Day when you're waiting for an Amazon package. <laughs> That's great, man. You were saying when it clicked for you, when it clicked for me, it was like 10, 12 years ago, I was getting this brand of dog food for my dog that I really liked. And, and it came in a 40 pound bag. And I remember like about every six, eight weeks, whenever the hell we need to get it. Like I had to go to this one store in Toledo. It was the only store that had it. And it was like a specialty dog food store. And I had to lug this damn 40 pound bag into my garage. And then one day I look it up on Amazon and it literally was like 23 cents cheaper delivered to my front door. I'm like, well, shit. I mean, I felt bad not giving the business locally, but I didn't have to do anything. And it showed up on my front door and I just threw it in the garage. It's unbelievable. You know, you think about Jeff Bezos, uh, the company Amazon was nothing like he started it from the bottom and worked his way up. So it wasn't always like this big, giant company all of a sudden. So you got to give him kudos, man. He did it. Uh, he found what people needed and he found that niche and he created it 
So let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll do the cocktail half hour. Love it. All right. Welcome back. Well, Lou, I know I promised you and the fine people out there in podcast land that I'd have a little shaker, shaker, sippity sip going this week. But when I made that commitment to the fine people and yourself, I, I kind of forgot that I was having surgery on Monday. So I, uh, I'm i a little behind the eight ball on that. So I, I don't have anything whipped up today. But I do want to talk about something that I got turned on to by my brother this weekend. And I went out and actually bought a 12 pack of it. It was actually on sale. So Great Lakes Brewing out of Cleveland here, Ohio, make a lot of fantastic beers. You've probably had one or two of their beers with Gina being from that neck of the woods. Are you guys getting into that neck of the woods from time to time? And uh, they had a – my brother sent me a picture of a Great Lakes ranch water, and I was kind of confused at first because I, I've only known ranch water as the brand ranch water, and I like ranch water. It's crazy expensive, but they're pretty tasty. You know, like Ranch Water and Topo Chico are like the only seltzers I really see myself drinking more than one of. They're pretty good. But but in when I saw this Great Lakes Ranch Water, I, I did a little research and I didn't realize that in my best air quotes, Ranch Water was a thing, I guess, in Texas where they, you know, the Cowboys, whatever, working out in the field would take a little tequila, a little lime, a little mineral water and kind of make a, a refreshing tequila drink, if you were. And they And they referred to it as Ranch Water. So Great Lakes makes this, you know, ranch water agave twist. It's low carb. Uh, there's four different flavors. There are uh, some are two carbs, some are up to five carbs, but but pretty low carbs versus a beer or anything like that. And they make it in a pineapple, a blackberry, a lemon lime, and a black cherry. And they're all natural, 100 calories. And man, they're very refreshing and very good. They they don't give me that when I drink those those multi seltzer drinks, the old Zima knockoffs. After like my second one or third one, you just feel like you can't drink another one of those. And I, I don't get that when I drink ranch water or Topo Chico. And, and I don't get that when I drink these Great Lakes ranch waters. They, they're very refreshing. They're clean. Every, every, I've, I've tried one of each flavor over the weekend, and they're absolutely delicious. So I like to pour mine over ice because I'm kind of an ice guy with a drink like that. But, but you know, out of the can if you're on a boat or out, out camping or whatever, delicious as well. So my contribution to the cocktail half hour is Great Lakes Brewery with their ranch water, their agave twists. Damn good. I got I picked up a 12 pack for $14.99, which is pretty cheap for, for seltzer. And uh man, I think I'll I'll buy it again. I think it's the best one going for the price so far. I I, I go with this one and I go with Topo Chico right behind it because you can get that on sale too. And I think that's delicious. So that's my contribution, boss. Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, me and Gina, we were over in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and we were staying uh, over at the casino. We boondock there. And during the day, it's pretty hot, so we alternate. Uh, she'll go in and play and do her thing, and I'll stay behind in the van with Charlie. Uh, Charlie is our dog. It's a little too hot, so I just keep the air conditioning going. And, you know, I just watch TV back here and uh, just have a drink or what have you. So the drink that I was having back then was that 7 and 7 that we talked about last week. And that is such a great drink. And this is what I've been sipping on during this podcast. I just put an ounce of whiskey and some 7-Up and some ice, and I am set to go. And it just tastes so good, man. I don't know about you, but I definitely like uh, 7-Up over Sprite. What is your preference? For sure, man. I, I So... So here's the deal. Definitely 7-Up over Sprite. 
definitely seven up cherry over anything else except for Christmas time when Sprite comes out with the cranberry. Have you ever had uh, that? I have. And uh, doesn't seven up come up with the cranberry as well? They, they may. I think I feel like I remember LeBron James doing it, but I'm telling you this Sprite cranberry you can't find it around here in the thriving metropolis of Toledo at Christmas time. It's like my daughter's favorite when it comes out, and we always got to grab some. That's pretty damn good. But but straight up to straight up, I always prefer 7-Up to Sprite, for sure. Man, that's 7 and 7. You can't really go wrong with that. It just tastes so good and so easy to make. You know, just got the whiskey and you've got the 7-Up. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's – um. You know, this might be one. I, I think I feel like Sprite's Coca Cola, and I feel like Seven Up is like Seven Up Dr Pepper, right? Aren't they much smaller? Uh, what do you mean small? Like the uh, the the bottle? No, 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 no. Like the company. So I feel like Sprite oh, is part of. Coca- yeah, I, I, maybe that's why you don't see they don't have the big budget that a Coca Cola has or a PepsiCo has, because I feel yeah. like Seven Up and Dr Pepper. I, I feel like they're somehow linked together. I could have that wrong, but. But that's, that's why you just don't see as much advertising, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. It depends on, on uh, certain markets because I know like uh, Dr. Pepper and 7-Up, I'm pretty sure uh, they go under the umbrella of Pepsi. And But there's some certain markets that they're just kind of on their own. So uh, it's kind of all over the place. Well, it's that that's 7-7, that's seven seven, man. I, I got to throw it out to my old high school friend, Sean Munyon, if he's listening. He uh, – he was the one. He's like, dude, I'm having a seven and seven. I kind of forgot. I mean, that like I said a couple of weeks back, man, it's the old standby. They're pretty yeah. good. Oh lord, that goes back uh, back into the seventies and eighties, right? Seven yeah. and seven. Gina was just uh, laughing because her mom used to drink that all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, my mom used to drink. Do you, Do you remember a a liqueur called Drambuy? You ever heard of Drambuy? No, I have not. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, I dig all this old shit out from the past. This was my mom's drink, man. It's called Drambui, D-R-A-M-B-U-I, just like it sounds. And it's a it's a scotch liqueur, and it was actually made famous uh, by the Rusty Nail. A Rusty Nail is just scotch with a little bit of Drambui in it. And I, I can't imagine anything more disgusting. I mean, it just sounds like headache and a glass. Like take the scotch whiskey and then pour like a sweet scotch whiskey liqueur on top of it. Oh, but it it's a thing, man. You go sit in a bar, you'll you'll see a little bottle. Of, you'll see that bottle of Drambuie. You'll see a little bottle of Galliano. I mean, you'll still see some of these old school, a little bottle of Uzo, Zambuca. You know the these things that have been around for years that just end up on the bar shelf still up in the right hand corner. You know. Well, you know, I miss being up north. Uh, when we were up in Buffalo, we used to always go to these little bars, and they were all over the place, and they were just so nitty-gritty. You know, you'd go in there, and uh, you just have a good time. The uh, bartenders uh, would always make us laugh, and you don't see that down south here a lot. A lot of these places are so commercialized, and they're all uh, big establishments. But where you're at, you probably have a lot of that, right? You have those small bars. Yeah, we, we do have a lot of them. And, and, you know, we've lived here, God, 15 years, 16 years, whatever. And there's still one right up the street that, like, every time I drive by it, I'm like, oh, I, I need to pop in that place. But, but frankly, I'm a little intimidated. 
Like it, it looks a little just sketchy enough. And, and you know, I mean, how sketchy can it be in Toledo, Ohio? You know, it's not like we have a pretty high crime rate here, but it all, it always looks sketchy enough that I'm by myself. I'm like, ah, if Lou is with me, we jump in there and blow the bottom out of a cord's like, you know, but, but I'm not rocking in there by myself. I, uh, yeah, I, I went to one of those kind of a funny story when when this goes back three years. My dad was having a surgery and I went down to stay with him and take care of him while he was in and out of his surgery. And and after one long day on, on when he was still in the hospital, I was like, I need to find a drink. And and he lives in the house I grew up in. And it, it's not the best of areas down in Cincinnati. And, and I, I went into this bar around the corner, man. And it was one of those when I walked in, everybody looked at me like, what are you doing here? You know, and uh but man, inside of 10 minutes, I had like eight new friends and they were wonderful people and they were buying me drinks because they knew my story that my dad was having the surgery and blah, 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 blah. You know, it worked out great. Like those kind of places always do, you know? Yeah, I hear you. You know what I like doing? I like going to a small downtown and uh, just do some filming and explore. And normally what I try to do is I'll go into a restaurant and try their food and I'll do some filming on that. Everyone there knows everyone. So normally when I'm out there filming a lot of people uh, might stop me and just ask me some questions or what have you but when i go into a restaurant it, it's almost like the record stops everybody looks at me like i'm a ghost and uh it's a little bit uncomfortable but i just go about and do my own thing but but real quick one time me and gina we were staying at this campground and they had a small bar that was right next to the campground it was small and uh kind of an older bar and we were, I don't know, for whatever reason, we were kind of intimidated going in there. So we kept saying we were going to go in there, but uh, we never did until the last day. We said, you know, let's just go and let's just go try it out. So right before we were going in, I mean, opening that door was nerve-wracking because you never know what's going to be inside. And it's a small place. I opened the door, and uh, there was about eight or ten people sitting at the bar. They all looked. They all stopped and looked at us. And it's the type of bar where they have the pool table, and you can also play darts or what have you. And uh, everybody just stopped and stared at us. And then, you know, it was like they were so friendly. They were like, hey, how's it going? Says, you know, welcome. You know, come have a drink. And they bought us some drinks, and we just had a blast. So you never know, man. These places, you got to give them a try. It's I mean, not always going to be great, but it'll definitely be an experience. You're dead right. Have I? Have you and I, have, have we talked about the app called TouchTunes? Have we had this conversation about the thing that – how you can play music in a bar right from your phone? Have we had have we had this talk? So there's an no, app I called. Haven't talked about it. We we did or did not? No, you have not talked about it. Yeah, yeah. So there's this app called Touch Tunes. Have you ever heard of it? Is if you go into a bar on a wall, not every bar, but a lot of the bars now have this thing on the wall called Touch Tunes, and it's you know it's the modern version of a jukebox, right? And, and you download the app and it's free. And then you, you buy tokens, you know, like quarters, if you will, or whatever they are, you know, you buy for, for $20, you get a hundred tokens or whatever. And, and, you know, some songs cost one token. And, you know, you, you, when you're sitting in the bar, you, you search for that location and it locks onto that location. If it has a touch tunes device and then right from your phone, you can play music. And, and some songs are one token, some songs are two tokens, a popular song might be three tokens, and then you can pay tokens to jump the line. So if somebody's playing music that you don't like, you can pay more to get your song played first. Dude, it's my favorite thing because I am so, my music taste is so eclectic. I love everything, run DMC, country, classical, 
English beat. I listen to it all. And there's nothing more fun than going into one of those bars. And they kind of got, you know, it's a heavy metal bar. And then all of a sudden you start popping up some English beat and you start watching the people get cranky or, or you start firing up some country. So little Toby Keith and everybody starts singing like it, it controlling the room with the music from the touch tunes apps is like my favorite thing in the world to do. If I'm out on the road on my own and I'm just jumping to a bar to have dinner and I'm playing some music, my wife and I'll run out of money and, you know, you buy another round of tokens. My wife's like, really? Cause you have to spend more money on touch tunes. I was like, oh, I was having a good time playing music, you know? <laughs> yeah. You have to Man, that, is, for it. that is a great concept and I've never seen that. I'll, I'll definitely look out for it. Uh, when now you, you're bringing me back when you're saying tokens, now you're talking about digital tokens, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like digital oh. token and you, you pay whatever you pay and the more money you spend, the, the more tokens you get, like, you know, exponentially, you know, like, I don't know if it's like a dollar for four, you know, 10 for two or whatever, but it's not real. Like I buy them 20 bucks at a time. And I, I feel like I do that like twice a year, you know, so I, yeah. I can open up my touch tunes app and I always have a shit ton of tokens in there, you know, and it has all my favorites and, I'll fire up a little, you know, Phil Collins or, you know, whatever, whatever the, I'm the mood I'm in and whatever's going on in the bar and you instantly, you can start feeling the room and who likes your music and who doesn't, man. It's a lot of fun. I, I promise you the next place you'll go into, you're like, holy shit, that's the thing Scott was talking about. Touch tunes. Yeah. You know, we talked about this before, but like, who the hell uses cash anymore? Right. Oh, like no. it's, it seems like it's a, something of the past. I mean, I, I look at, I look at uh, uh, paper money and I look at coins and I think to myself, it's almost kind of surreal and thinking, man, it almost looks like a, a foreign object, you know, when you're looking at these things, because I don't really ever use cash. I mean, I try to get uh, uh, some dollars here and there just uh, in case I either have to use it for parking or uh, maybe go to the laundromat or what have you. But everything seems to be getting digital. You know, one thing that I do like having dollar bills is like when I go to uh, downtown in the city or what have you, I love uh, being able to tip performers. And obviously, they're not going to take um, something digital as far as cash app, Venmo or something like that. So, you know, you you need to have cash for that. Uh, But that's pretty, pretty much the only time that I ever use cash. And which actually brings us up to the next subject here. What do you what's your take on tipping? Oh, dude, I, we're heavy tippers in my family. I mean, I, I you know, one, one, cause I'm a drinker and I get going and, and I, I don't ever want the fun to stop. So the tipping kind of just comes with that. But, but, you know, two, because I'm in the restaurant business and I just am so thankful that restaurants are open and that, that people are there. And I know they're working doubly hard. Like we talked about in other episodes, cause like a lot of people don't show up and are cutting shifts. So, we over tip, man. We we went to Beer Barrel Pizza to get those wings I talked about. On uh, actually, uh, on on uh, the Fallen Timbers Mall had a big RV show. Like just it was free out on the lot, and lots of different class A's, class C's, uh, fifth wheels, travel trailers, and so we went on Saturday and walked through a bunch of them and checked them all out. Then we we went right over to this Beer Barrel Pizza and and got some wings, man, and. And it was just warm enough that well, when we came in, they said, hey, we only have seats out on the patio. And it was just kind of warm enough. Like we didn't want to sit on the patio. We were like, all right, that's where the seats are. And as we walked through the restaurant to go out to the patio, the restaurant was only half full, but they didn't have any other workers to have any more of the restaurant open. And they had a server outside because they had people out there. So 
So we sat outside. It was fine. But, I mean, there were probably 20 tables out there, and this one kid hustling his butt off, to, and he, he did a great job. And, he, you know, and, I mean, we felt horrible for him. I mean, he was the only guy out there. And we tipped him hard, man, because we, we told him, we're like, hey, man, you, you've been busting your butt. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, we tried to love him up as much as we could. So that's so we love the tip. We're big fans of the tip. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. If the uh, person is good and they're giving good service, definitely compensate. We're the same way. But, uh, you know, they've caught on to that, right? Every time you go pay for your food now, they make it really easy for you to contribute 10%, uh, 15%, or 20% as a tip. Um, what's really annoying to me now is that a lot of these places, uh, whether it's uh, Lowe's or Home Depot or Target, when you go to the register and um, you have an actual cashier, which is kind of rare these days, but when you have an actual cashier, they're always asking you if you want to um, just even it up uh, as far as the change is concerned to uh, contribute to some you know organization or what have you. And I don't like that. I always like to uh, contribute my money to something that I can see in real time where it's going and where it's being used. And I got to tell you, I also hate when uh, you do go to a restaurant and you really get lousy, shitty-ass service. That frustrates me more than anything else because, um, you know, you're going in there, you're spending your money, and you want the whole experience. And then somebody like that ruins it for you, whether, you know, you get bad service or bad food. And that's just annoying to me. And when that happens, I, I, I always end up tipping no matter what, but uh, I don't end up tipping more than I should. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100% there. And I, you know, I, I'm not... I, if I'm going through a Chipotle line and I know what you're saying, it comes up on the screen and, you know, now it's like, do you want a tip? I mean, rarely, unless I have some amazing experience and they're like giving me the double down on the guac, am I tipping <laughs> in that scenario, you know? Um, but, but, you know, that like, but like the pizza guy, I mean, man, we got this Marco's pizza that's based here in Maumee, Ohio. And man, they hustle the best damn pizza out to me so fast. I always take care of those guys, you know, or gals. Um, so I'm, I'm like you, man. If I get good service, I want someone to know I appreciate it. Um, I, so I got to tell you this story, man, because it's it has to do with service. So, so we, I am required to use Avis for my car rental for work, and mm -hmm. and Avis hates me. Like I think there's some secret camera that follows me around from the Avis company. And I think they're purposely trying to piss me off just so they can get it on video so they can watch me snap one day. Like, like I've been renting from Avis for the six years that I've worked for this company. And I don't know that I've ever had a good experience. It sucks every single time. And, and so long story longer, my plane's an hour late getting into Oklahoma city last week and, and they don't have cars anymore at these rentals. So they give your car away. If you're not there, like at the time within like a half, like in an hour, they gave my car away and no, I'll still get a car, but now I'm not in the preferred line. I got to go wait in the line with, I like to think of it as the commoners. So I got to go get in the commoner line, not my preferred line. And I got to <laughs> wait for 45 minutes while I get, I guess so I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm in this line, no shit for 45 minutes. And I get up to the guy. Well, and, and oddly enough, there's a lady who was up at the counter. And then she stepped away from the counter and the person in front of me went and she said, oh, go ahead. And then when it became my turn to go, this lady who had stepped back was clearly waiting for something. And I said to her before the, the next spot opened, I said, do you, do you want to go? She's like, no, no, I got to wait for my husband. I'm like, okay. So I walked to the open spot. The guy looks past me. The guy working the counter looks past me and says, ma'am, would you like to come on up? And she's like, no, I, I told him to go ahead. 
And I looked at the guy, I go, did, did you think I cut in line? Like I said it kind of like jokingly, like, dude, like I, you, I mean, really? The way he looked past me and asked her, like he assumed I'd cut the line. It was, I mean, I was in a grouchy mood, but I was like kind of pissed, right? And, and, he, and he, did, he didn't say anything. He, he goes, without looking at me, he goes, there are just some things that I can do differently than anyone else here. So I wanted to check with her. And I went, really? That's all I did. <laughs> Lou, I went, really? Like that? Like that was such a cocky answer. And when I said, really, he put my license back up on the counter and refused to serve me. How about that? I swear to God. Is that not the craziest thing ever? And I I gave him, all I said to him was, really? And and, and I gave him this look like, this is not going to go well for you. And uh, and when I gave him that look, he picked my license back up and he processed it. And when he gave it all back to me, I looked right at him with the biggest asshole look on my face that I could muster. And I said, I want you to have an amazing day. (laughs) And I I walked on. But do you believe that's the interchange that I have? and hey, man, I might have been a little overserved on the airplane or something. I was in a grouchy mood maybe that day. Who knows what? But, but honest to God, I did, I don't, I really didn't feel like I triggered them that hard. You know? Yeah, you never know what's going to trigger someone. Uh, I got a funny story too. Me and Gina, we went to a rooftop bar over in Vicksburg, and uh, the waiter there, <laughs> he would not look at me whatsoever. I mean, I don't know what was going on. Every time he would talk or bring something to the table, he would always look at Gina, and me and her were just laughing at it. I mean, I was wearing my best pair of shorts and my best T-shirt, and I know I'm an ugly dude, but man, you know, give me some respect. (laughs) As far as tipping, though, if somebody gives us good service, I don't mind tipping good at all. I'm the same way. Well, brother, we we have made it longer than we've made it in (laughs) any of the previous podcasts without talking about politics, man. Are we yeah. we got to have a little politics before we close it out this week, right? All right. Well, I'm going to let you do it so it doesn't seem like I'm always the one bringing up politics. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, man. I saw uh, I saw the interview, the 60 Minutes interview, where 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 they were talking to Biden, and he said, "Covid's over. Look look around here. You know, Covid's over. Well, you know, we're still dealing with Covid, but." But the pandemic's over. You don't see anybody wearing masks around here. They're all fine. You don't see that. I mean, that's another classic Biden gaffe, man, because Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, I mean, all the reporters sunk on all those those senators and Congress people. And, and, you know, hey, is it over? Is it over? Because they they have to have that pandemic so they can tie in all those special funds that they are still relying on. And when he said it's over, now all of a sudden they got a problem on their hands. So, <laughs> so that'll be my politics for the week. What a shit show. They've spent so much money. We could have an entire show going through all of the freaking money that they've laid out there that frankly hasn't even been used up yet for all the bullshit that they've done. And they do not want to relinquish that money. And to hear him say the pandemic's over, now they got a problem on their hands two months before the big vote. Well, it always feels like all those companies are getting a kickback uh, from the government, you know, with all 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 the uh, vaccines that they've got out there. But, you know, you also said I think you're 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 talking about the 60 minutes, right, that he had the other night. Uh, he had he was on 60 minutes. He also mentioned um, Taiwan. And he said that uh, if uh, China invades Taiwan, would would we go to protect 
Taiwan? Would we, would we get involved in that? And he said, yes. And it seems like Biden keeps stepping stepping over the line and putting his uh, foot in his mouth. I mean, this guy is probably going to end up getting us into, you know, World War Three at some point if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't shut his mouth. Yeah, he, he's crazy, man. And then not the spider web, but but to take us home. You know, did you see the clips of Gavin Newsom, the, the governor of California at the White House this weekend or last, the end of last week, whenever the hell it was, my days are running together. He's walking around with his shirt sleeves rolled up, walking around the White House grounds with his shirt sleeves rolled up, carrying his jacket, super casual. You know, he's going to make a run. If Biden doesn't run, he said he's going to run for president. I mean, I, that's what I want to see is, is Gavin Newsom and DeSantis in a debate where, where DeSantis says, well, well, let's just look at it. All the people are leaving your, your state and they're all moving to my state. Yeah, I saw him on television the other day, and uh, he was trying to tell the uh, people in, in California to adjust their thermostat because the uh, power grid can't handle it. Uh, it's just way too hot out there. But yet, as he's talking, he's got a sweatshirt on and a hat, and he's all nice and cozy and cool. And uh, the people in California are suffering. They've got to suffer through the heat. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Yeah, 100%. Right now, they're saying who, whoever's the last one to leave California, just turn the lights off. I mean, it's a shit show out there. So. But that's my politics for the week, man. Silly Joe Biden's getting sillier by the minute. And here we are less than 50 days, I think, to the uh, midterm election. I, I got online on my state the other day and I had a little difficult time. I got to hit it again. But I want to pull down all the people that I want to do. I got to do a little research, you know, who my options are, what what races are available. And uh, do I, I you know, I, I kind of know where I want to go, but I like to do a little last minute research before I go pull the trigger, you know. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, you think about the Democrats, they've got the presidency, the Senate, the House, and they still have not been able to do anything that's good for this country. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to November. I hope there's a big red wave. And I got to tell you what, man, I will not be voting Democrat no time soon. Yeah, you know what a silly bastard I am, though. I want to do a little research and and I'm with you. I'm not voting. I don't, I don't know a single Democrat I'm voting for, but <laughs> But I want to write down the people that I am voting for. I want to I want to see what they are taking a stand for so I can hold them accountable, you know, and and I'm sure that's just an exercise for me because I get wrapped around the axle that way. But at least they'll give me some fodder for the podcast when they get it wrong later, you know, or when they get it right. <laughs> yep. There you go. All right, so we've been uh, into this podcast long enough. We're going to go ahead and end it here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to us. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Scott, take care. I hope you get well soon, and I'll see you next week, buddy. You guys have a great week. Thank you so much. Uh, those are kind words, sweet Lou. I appreciate you and love you as always. and been a great week, and uh, I'll see you on the flip side, buddy. 